0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the
3: Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. Sterling, why don't you
2: introduce yourself? Uh, I am Sterling Holmes. You can follow me on Twitter at HomestretchKC.
3: <laughs> you're already telling people where to find you before we've even started. Are you saying goodbye or saying hello? Why not both? You say goodbye. I say hello. Let me ask you this. I'm pretty sure you're a birthday boy. We're still in view. Yeah. The big two, seven. How you feeling, brother? Old. I feel like my back hurts. Your, your back hurts. Uh, is it going to rain tomorrow? Is your knee hurting?
2: Uh, I feel... Feel a desire to buy throw pillows and tell people how to cook burgers now. I feel like I need to stand and be like, yeah, that one flip that one right there.
3: Were you born old? Cause I feel like I was born like, like those two old men who sat in the Muppets, Statler and Waldorf. Like the, like those guys are like, I was born that way where it was like, Oh, I'm too old
2: for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was born old. I I was born with bad knees. You know, I, I I was born calling people whippersnapper. You know how you know you're old is b- Decaf coffee sounds good. Like now I understand why mm. people drink decaf coffee and I'm I, I don't I like two years ago I'm like, why? That's that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why drink it? And now I'm like, I could really go for a good cup of decaf coffee.
3: <laughs> I just wanna cover my bedroom in Clint Eastwood posters. <laughs> All from movies he's only made in the last like five years. Yeah. That's what I want. Happy
2: birthday, my friend. Thank you, thank you. I, I do appreciate that. It was it was a good time. A, a few of the beers were drank. Cornhole was played. Um, and overall it was, it was a great time. Uh, that sounds like quality birthday. Quality birthday. Quality product. Mindful Health LLC. This product. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC uh from Earth Echo Foods Cacao Bliss I'm not going to lie I got this in the mail they sent us a care package I know Matt got his as well This is phenomenal Yes I actually so I wanted to try it cuz I'm like okay I'm going to be talking about it let me at least try this bad boy It's really good Like this isn't just like me saying this it's true It's really good I put it in hot chocolate and it was fantastic I had some peanut butter hot chocolate I put the Cacao Bliss into it If you like dark chocolate you need to get this. It, it's literally really good. It, it, it makes everything just taste better. And if you like dark chocolate, this is perfect. It's healthy. It's paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diet. So you have zero excuse. Like You have no excuse to be like, ah, I have this allergy. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you should be good to go. For the last eight years, they've been a leader in the superfoods market, served millions of customers worldwide. And right now, If you use the code minute 15, 15% off. If you go to echofoods.com slash minute media,
3: but you know what else we're tasting this week? It's draft week. It's draft week. My friend, how, how long is this off season? So the other day I'm talking to Briscoe and, and, um, he's complaining about the length of the off season and just like doing the whole draft get here already thing. And I, like, let me ask you: Are you feeling that? I, like, I, I can feel some of that. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, like, are you, are you done with pre-draft season or
2: not, dude? I, I've been done with pre-draft season. Get it? Give me it. Inject it into my veins. I cannot wait for this draft. The best part is, which we'll touch on a little bit later. So, so hold your horses. The Trent, yeah, you know, you know, not Trent Brown, Trent Williams. Wow, I'm an idiot. Orlando Brown Jr. trade. Gosh, if I could. If I could think, I turned twenty-seven and I can't remember anything anymore. But what that trade glasses does, are on your head, yeah, yeah. My glasses, my bifocals, sir. No, but what what this allows the Kansas City oh. to do is they can go anywhere with this draft. They're now they're no longer pigeonholed at thirty-one to take a tackle or an offensive lineman for that matter. Now they have opened up an an array of opportunities here and getting that second round draft pick back. Honestly. I'm now, I think, more excited for the draft because they're not pigeonholed to an offensive lineman. And now I'm excited to see the opportunities that have arisen from this trade. Let me ask you this.
3: Do you think, you know? because we're all going to tune in on Thursday, it's the opening round. Usually we're like, okay, I got to wait till the end of the night to see what Brett Veach may do. And we kind of wake up around pick 25 going, hey, maybe he'll trade up. Do you think there's any chance that Brett Veach has a showing on Thursday night and says, "Let me back in that first round"?
2: I I guess history would say there's a better chance he does that than trades back. You know, I I think if we're if we're gonna listen to what history has told us, trading up seems to be the motto for Brett Veach. But I I truly don't think so. And the reason why is the Chiefs are pretty top heavy right now. You know, if, if you're looking forward, you're gonna have a lot of players like 85% of the cap is going to end up being taken up by like 10 dudes. You're going to need to hit and use these draft picks and they're going to have to be starters or at least players rotational pieces. So I think he's going to need a hit. I think he's going to keep, he's going to try and get as many draft picks as possible. Maybe go the old new England method where you just stockpile draft picks because at some point you're going to have to count on at least some of them playing meaningful snaps because you are going to be top heavy. You are going to have, a lot of the cap taken up by top end players, not a bad thing, but all that does is means Brett Veach has to become and hit on more of these second rounders, third rounders, fourth rounders. You can't have Breland speaks. You can't have it. You're going to have to have a guys that can step up and step in immediately. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, I think it, I think we're going to sit there and just kind of kick back our feet knowing that Orlando Brown jr. Was the return, which of course all of us should be very pleased with, knowing he was the return like no like no one should be going you know i wish i had number 31 back (laughs) i mean you know like we're set now we're set now at that position i mean we've discussed this we can discuss this a little bit further but but um but I'm, i'm i'm happy to not have the pick and i also don't think we're gonna see any sort of like major leap up you know we got two picks in the second but they're both at the bottom yeah so we're not we're not like bumping up into the first it would be like a serious leap up. And uh, uh, that just doesn't make sense to
2: me. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be on the uh, Chiefs Raider, which I'm sure Matt Conner would absolutely love, right? Trade up for uh, a tight end.
3: <coughs> <laughs> yeah, love If, it, you, love if it. you don't know the if joke. If it was going to be any of them, I would want there to be him. Yeah, the joke is I, I hate all tight ends other than Travis Kelsey. I don't want one. Until Kelsey's done, done. And uh, yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening ever in my lifetime, Sterling.
2: Well, yeah, Travis Kelsey's playing until he's 47. He's going to be the first tight end to do this. No, I'm kidding. But no, overall, I I just don't think that Kansas City or Brett Veach, they're going to do anything. I think they're going to stay, Pat, stay where they are and draft the best player available. Because of bringing in Orlando Brown Jr., this really opens up the draft for them they are going to have some wide receivers on contracts come up soon. I mean, are you bringing back D-Rob again next year? Do you trust McCall Hardman being your number two for their future? Have you seen enough from these guys to say, hey, this is our future wide receiving core, or can you inject some talent there? Linebacker, Anthony Hitchens, how long is he going to play here for? You know, I mean, uh, cornerback, are you putting all your eggs in DeAndre Baker returning to a first-round form? You know, after injury and off – the off the field issues and all that stuff. Or are you going to try and bring in another injection of talent at cornerback? You you know, at safety, you play three safeties all the time. You basically are in a four, two, five is Dan Sorensen going to be here for three more seasons. You know, there's a lot of positional groups that are going to have some, some questions raised in the next couple of seasons. This allows Kansas city to go best available now and try and find that fit. This to me was a twofold great trade by Brett Veach.
3: Well, let, let me ask you this. You were talking about wide receiver. Um, you know, you, like, you, like you brought up some specific positions. It feels like you have some places at which you're crossing your fingers and hoping that Brett Vich, like we say b- best player available, but I think a lot of us are like, Oh yeah. Like, I hope they go with whoever's at the top of their draft board. And then we're secretly like, and I hope that <coughs> means Quitty <Quiddie> pay <laughs> or, you know, whoever. So, you know, I guess for you, what I wonder is, like you mentioned some of these positions, is there a person that you hope Brett Veach is bringing home to meet the parents and say, and meet my crush, like we're married now? That's a weird analogy I just made, but you get what I'm Ooh, saying.
2: Kyle Pitts. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Now. If you want to talk actual realistic guys who will be available, I think Josh Palmer, the wide receiver from Tennessee, he's 6'2", 210. um He had a, let me look this up, an 81% win rate, highest of any of the outside receivers of the 2021 Reese's Senior Bowl one-on-one. So he can get open. He's 6'2", 210. I think Kansas City needs a bigger body wide receiver to pair with Tyreek, to pair with, um, you know, McCole Hardman. I I don't think D-Rob is necessarily that guy. I, I like what Josh Palmer brings. I had a chance to watch him, you know, going to Mizzou, being a Mizzou fan getting to watch him at Tennessee. So I would like Josh Palmer, that bigger bodied wide receiver to pair with this, uh wide receiving core. Hmm. Are you intrigued?
3: I love it. I love it. Let, let me switch it on you. I am. In, I, you know, I am intrigued. I, I mean, I, I love hearing that. I, you know, I, th- I think Palmer does have that get up and go uh, or get up and grab, you know, which, which is certainly what the chiefs would need, especially in the red zone. You know, like, I'm just thinking back to some of these plays that Mahomes is able to make, like, like everything from as dramatic as like the diving shortstop, you know, to throw it up in the end zone and make a guy go up and get it. Anytime you can have a guy like that in contested situations, Mahomes is going to give him opportunities to do that. So I think that's a smart play. You know, it's also important to know at that position, right? D-Rob gone next year. Uh, Byron Pringle going to be a free agent next year. Tyreek contract year, McCall Hardman contract year. So you're talking about, in a position that just lost Sammy Watkins. So, you know, heading into next year, uh, the only guy who's not in a contract year are the likes of Marcus Kemp. So yeah, you need some cost controlled youth there. Uh, if you, are you worried about, Oh, go ahead. I was going
2: to say just really quickly, it, it just a later round, you know, fifth to seventh round type of guy, Jimmy Morrissey, the center from Notre Dame. I know the Chiefs have retooled this offensive line, but I still think that – eventually, I think Austin Blythe is a one- or two-year replacement. Like he, he is the guy for right now, not the guy for the future. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City drafted the future center going forward. I, I think this guy really fits the mold. Um, excellent in the run game, gets leverage. Uh, he's not gonna cost you you know a second round draft pick I think it's a later round guy who shows a lot of grit, a lot of determination a lot a lot of stuff that I think Candace that nasty side you know we we always talk about nasty what which chiefs line is gonna bring the nasty I think this is a guy that could bring the nasty add a little edge on the interior here so take a look out for him and see if Kansas city tries to target him in the fifth or sixth round I think for
3: me as I'm looking at the draft especially early, I just can't get away from pass rusher and defensive end. Like I like I'm just you know, like like Frank Clark has to become more consistent. It's gonna help to have one of the league's deepest interior lines, you know, with, with Jaron Reed and Chris Jones, and then a good rotation after him from, from Derek Naughty to Turk Wharton to Colin Saunders, etc. But man, there's got to be some developmental talent brought in outside someone with sack potential, someone who can, who can be well-rounded and and also set the edge, but more importantly, someone who's cost controlled, like someone who's going to cost $2 million, you know, like, uh, like not someone who's going to break the bank, but for a 10th of what other linemen are making is going to be able to provide. Quality reps there. And so I don't know that I have a draft crush. I mean, I like Peyton Turner. I like Joe Tryon. I, li- I mean, I like a couple of these guys, but most importantly to me, more than a draft crush, I think I have a draft position crush, which is you got to get someone in that edge spot. I- I'm just not, I mean, Taco Charlton is a fun idea. And, you know, like we love like Taco Tuesdays and whatever. I mean, you know, and he's a good story too, if he like makes good on the Chiefs belief in him. But yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying Mike Dana making a huge leap forward as some sort of like full time starter. I don't buy Charlton as as a starter. You know, I, I think we've got to get even if we sign a guy like Melvin Ingram or Everson Griffin or Ryan Kerrigan, I'm like Justin Houston. Like if we do import a veteran, that helps, but but there's gotta be someone there.
2: I mean, the names you just listed, the veterans, I would be ecstatic. Like, I would be so stoked because those are all guys who can, I think, produce right away. I'm with you with Frank Clark. He needs to step up and he needs to produce. I mean, he's getting paid to do that. He's not paid to set the edge. Like, I get how people want to have his back. and And I agree. I think he does need more credit there. But at the same time, you're getting paid $20 million to get after the quarterback. Like, at the end of the day, we know that's how edge rushers get paid. We know that's why he's brought in. And at some point, you have to say, all right, Frank, enough's enough. No, no more excuses. You know, you got to show up here. We always hear about you talking on Twitter. We always hear you going after guys and doing all this stuff. You talk a lot of trash. Now, back it up. He has in the playoffs. He's had great playoff success. I get that. But I want to see the consistency. I want to see that because he should be putting up numbers when Chris Jones is bull rushing up the middle. This should make life easy for Frank Clark. This should be the easiest stop he's had, and he's struggled. You know, now you have Jaron Reed. Now you have two big dudes who are successful at getting after the quarterback up the middle. If Frank Clark doesn't have a career year, I, I, you know, this would be his year to have one. If he was going to have a career year, this should be frank clark's year
3: let let me let me let me piggyback on that would you say that he is primed for that like are like if that if that was a betting line would would you bet that or not well what's the
2: line you know it's it's it 14 sacks i'm not taking that but is it like if it was nine and a half i'd take the over you know if frank clark's sack total was nine and a half I'd, i'd take the over
3: i think i'd be okay with 10 to 12 sacks from frank clark this year like I think that would show a consistent effort, but um, yeah. Again, we'll all wait and see. Uh, you're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. We're here in Draft Week, but we're also in, still in the the calm after the Orlando Brown trade storm. Uh, today they introduced our new left tackle at Arrowhead. You know, there's been a lot of talk about all things, Orlando Brown. I I don't want to like be labor points that have already been made. So I guess Sterling, I just want to throw it to you and just say, are there any aspects of the trade that you think have been overlooked or underplayed? Is there anything else that you're dying to say about what Brett Veach was able to do with this trade with the Baltimore Ravens?
2: Brett Veach is a literal wizard. I think he may have like naked pictures on his phone of the Ravens GM for some reason, because why else would the Ravens trade the Like the one player that makes Kansas city, like that was their hole. Kansas city's biggest hole was, Hey, left tackle. We don't have one. Is it going to be Martinez Rankin? We don't know. It could be, I could be out there and like, If you're other teams, you're like, this is how you can try and put pressure on Kansas City and and have a chance to beating them is getting to Patrick Mahomes like as they saw in the Super Bowl. And then the Ravens are like, "Uh, excuse me, we actually have a 24-year-old who we would like to trade you for basically uh, the 31st overall draft pick. And Brett Veach, like, I don't get how the Ravens did this. I am absolutely ecstatic. I am stoked. So Brett Veach, all the credit in the world. I love that Orlando Brown wants to play left tackle. I, I get it that left tackle gets paid more. I get it. You can't tell me that money is not a factor. But he did talk about prestige. He did talk about the recognition of playing left tackle. It's true. We, we, we know it firsthand in, in Chiefs Kingdom. Mitchell Swartz was a right tackle. And I do think a lot of his non-notoriety around the, around the league was because he played right tackle. I think if you put Mitchell Swartz, if he was a left tackle all this time, putting up the you know the the all-pros that he did, I think people would say, oh my gosh, he's one of the best in the NFL, but he was right tackle, and that was always a knock against him. So I understand what Leonard Brown is saying, but he wants that challenge. He is blocked for uh, Baker Mayfield. He's blocked for an MVP in Lamar Jackson. He knows that the last fleeting memory was Mahomes getting just sacked and running for his life. He knows if he comes here and – Mahomes is not under duress nonstop. He's going to get a ton of credit. It's a win-win for Orlando Brown. I think this is a great situation for him. It's a great uh, situation for Kansas City and Mahomes. If he has time to sit back in seventeen games, by the way, every single record by a quarterback is going to be broken. Yeah, yeah,
3: man, I, I'm I'm with you. We, uh, you know, we discussed this a little bit in or quite a bit in the last podcast. So I don't want to, I don't want to repeat myself, but um it like i'm just over the moon about this orlando brown deal from from every single perspective i love i even love the cost of it for the chiefs the chiefs are in total control here brown's going to play this year at 3.3 million the chiefs can tag him for next year at 16 million which is probably like 4 to 6 million less than he's going to get on an average annual basis if they sign him long-term. So even if they tag him twice, which now we're talking about through like 2023, he's still going to cost less per year if they want to play a little bit of hardball with him. And let's say this, let's say this whole thing goes south. Let's say for some reason, he can't play the left side outside of Baltimore, or it's the wrong type of, Mauler, you know he's not he's not athletic enough compared to you know because he's a big dude. Whatever, like let's just worst case scenario. This, are you telling me that the Kansas City Chiefs can't get their draft investment back from another team? Like if they were forced to trade him next year at this time, like to tag and trade. Him? I mean, th- the whole thing is like it's like you get a you get a guy who's made two Pro Bowls in his first three seasons, and you can get your money back. That's Blows me out of the water like i i'm I'm just dumbfounded at the whole thing that the Ravens gave the chiefs what they did. so
2: yeah, man, i'm I'm beside myself. I mean, who would the chiefs draft at thirty one that would be better than orlando Brown jr? no one I mean, the the correct answer is no one by the way, for those of you listening. Uh, if we had a jeopardy board. You know, it just it would just say no one is, is better at 31 than, than him. I mean, even like uh, like Sewell, he could be great. He could be phenomenal. But we know Orlando Brown Jr. is great. Like, we know this. He's been to two Pro Bowls. He was phenomenal at left tackle. I, I, I mean, I know the Ravens, they already have their left tackle, and Orlando Brown doesn't want to play right tackle. I know that they probably weren't going to be able to afford to pay him either way. But trading him to Kansas City for what they got back just seems asinine. Like, like it seems like no other team offered the Ravens a similar package. Like, I feel like there's at least ten teams that probably saw this and go. That's all it took to get them. Uh, excuse me, we, we'd, we'd like to raise our bid, but you yeah, know, sitting here as a Kansas City fan, you have to sit back and say, "Oh my gosh, it's so good being a Chiefs fan right now." The one major issue is filled. Brett Veach is a wizard. And this just allows us to sit back and watch Patrick hopefully break every single record in a 17 game season. Like, honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing every single quarterback record outside the bad ones. Like I, I'm not saying he's going to pull a Jameis Winston and throw 30 picks. Not take those away. We. I'm not talking about those bad boys. I'm talking about the good ones. Like I, I there's no reason why he's not going to throw 50 plus touchdowns again this season.
3: Let me throw just because it's a talking point for today. It'll probably be dated by the time we even upload this episode. But let me ask you this. The Atlanta Falcons today, there's a curveball for you, announced Julio Jones. Could, like the, like reports came out that he could be on the trade block. Maybe, maybe taking calls, right? Now, look, I can call anyone. I could call the White House right now, and then I could say the White House took my call. So that's <laughs> a little silly, right? But But here's the thing. The Chiefs have a need for a big physical receiver. Julio Jones is a big physical receiver. The chiefs have, are going to give someone the chance to win a ring, right? Let me tell you this. Julio Jones is on a nice contract. Like it's good. It's like anyone who trades for him, if they do is going to get a two year rental at just over $26 million. If you sign Sammy Watkins for 16 million per year, you better believe I'm cashing that Julio Jones check for 13 million a year. So let me ask you this. I know that we already talked about a top heavy roster. I know we got to use, you know, these draft picks to get cost controlled young talent. But if you talk about, look, this is the window. Everyone squeezed through it like a clown car. Do you shove Julio Jones into it for, you know, like if you can get Julio Jones for a
2: second this year and a second next year, do you take that deal? Dude, put him in the clown car. Put him in the clown car, and let's let's start driving our way to the Super Bowl. Because yes, <laughs> one thousand percent. Like I even hate the the saying like one thousand percent, like one hundred and ten percent. Like that always pisses me off. I'm like, dude, it's only one hundred percent. And I just said it because that's how excited I am if Julio Jones came to Kansas City. Love. And the reason why, even if it is a two year rental, you know how finicky picks can be when it comes to if you're drafting 31, 32? Like even if you give him a first rounder next year, like McCole Hardman, second round draft pick, you, you could get McCole, you could get DK Metcalf, you could get uh, Breland Speaks again in the second round. Like I, my whole issue is is people put such a value sometimes on potential. I, I do it myself. I, I it's just natural to say, okay, he's great, but what if this guy could be better? It's only natural, but you have a proven top five, a lot of people still say, you know, top three or even best wide receiver in the NFL. You get them for a first-round draft, even if it is only two years, I, I would do that any day of the week. For like you said, that contract especially, yeah. that's, that shouldn't even be a, a no-brainer. That's just something you just do. Like, thank you, Atlanta. Thanks for, for giving us the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't know how realistic it is, but I don't know if you know, oh, Goodell's going to come in and David Stern the deal saying, Hey, no, 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 we can't let this happen. But that's, <laughs> I mean, Matt, I, are, are you in the same boat as I am?
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at first I wasn't. At first I was trying to be like, you know, I don't know, rather fatherish about the whole thing. Like, now, now, kids, you have enough toys. You know, we don't need any more. Like, you need to learn to appreciate what you have, kind of thing. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, uh, you know, I I think I was put off by the injury history here. Cause he missed, he missed what, six games last year, maybe seven games last year. Right. And he's 32 now. So, you know, it's easy, like it's easy for us to like suddenly be scared of like, the darkened room, so to speak, like, uh, oh, he's over 30 and he just had an injury. It's over. You know, like that's what we did to Eric Fisher. That's what we did to Mitchell Schwartz. Oh, he's over 30 and an injury it's over, you know? And then we like cast those guys aside, like they never did anything. But, but honestly, yeah, I, I, I think, um, Jones is too singular of a talent even last year, he set a career high for yards per target it, with eleven point three yards per target. It was, I mean, he had a good year, even in even in nine games. I, I yeah, I, I, uh, I'm still a believer. I think even if he missed a couple games, that's fine. The threat of Julio Jones in this Chiefs offense is is too great to not take that chance,
2: dude. In those nine games he played, he had seven hundred and seventy one yards that just without even looking, I'm assuming that would have been second on Kansas city last year. Like or yeah, not yeah. second at wide receiver. Sorry. Yeah, he's, with Sorry. he's with Calvin. Ridley. Uh, yeah. After, after Travis Kelsey, I was saying receivers, but like, do you think that like, even in nine games, he's going to be more productive than probably D Rob or McColl in 16 or 17. Now, I mean, that's just how good Julio Jones is. Yeah. Nothing against D Rob or McColl, just Julio Jones legitimately a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Like it, it would be such a a fun experience seeing Julio line up with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. It, it literally would look like a Pro Bowl. Like that's what it would look like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, at that point, we're setting NFL records
3: and talking perfection.
2: With the record, like
3: that, like that's what that would do for the Chiefs. Like, put me so, as
2: your fourth yeah, wide I'm receiver. Forward. Who, would, like, I could be the fourth wide receiver, and I, they'd be like, "All right, this is still the best wide receiving core in the NFL." Like, at that point, we're re-signing Dontari
3: Poe <laughs> just to have more big guy touchdowns, just to make us laugh because we can. Casey Casey Wolf has one hundred and thirty-one yards <laughs> from scrimmage next year, if that's the case. <sighs> so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Anyway.
2: Either way, but to answer your question, Matt, yes. I, I would one hundred and ten percent do that. Uh Matt, this was an absolute blast. I had so much fun. It's fun that it's now actual draft week. Like it's fun when we actually don't have to say, Hey, only uh only six weeks out from the draft, right, guys? You know, now we actually have the draft. So we'll be back, I assume, post draft. Break down Kansas City's draft picks. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like us, follow us on Twitter. If you want to give us a review, uh, Apple Podcasts is where I go. So go to Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Uh, go to arrowhoodaddict.com. And again, if you want to check out – I'm not kidding here. We only had to do that one read for the ad. I'm telling you, the Cocoa, or the Cacao Bliss, check it out, echofoods.com. It's extremely good. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I know, but it's good. Like One's an ad I and it. one's a personal it. recommendation. That, that's how I do it. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. We are out of here.
0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by Granger.